Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I am Tyler Sweat, the host of this here podcast, and I'm also the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church. And today I am here with two other fine pastors from High View Church, Chad Williams and Josh Hildebrand. How you guys doing? What's up, everybody? Hello. We are... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Today's a good day. It's always fun to jump on these mics what in and the world? Have, a, have a good conversation. We've been pretty excited about um, just several things going on at Highview, things going on in the culture that we're going to jump on later in our hot takes. Can't uh, wait for that. Can't wait. Just, mm. just, just to let you know, in case you haven't heard, we're adding a new segment to our podcast called the Highview Hot Takes. Those you have to wait for you to wait the for end those. of the episode. They're in the oven. It's the cherry on top of the, <laughs> of the rest of the Sunday. Mm. That is the Hivey podcast. We still have to get a jingle. We do I'm working Tyler. on it. Yeah, we got we got to get a jingle for the. If you yeah. want to submit those to our Facebook page, what a wonderful please idea! Do. Please do. That's a great idea. Write us a jingle. Highview hot takes. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Send us an email with a link to to this audio file. We'll try to include it. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> that uh, would be amazing. That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah. So we are. Uh, if you also don't know, we're trying something a little different with the the content of the podcast where we are exploring a series uh, through our 10 commitments at Highview Church. 10 core commitments that are relatively uh, relatively new in the life of our church, something that we've just, we spent this last summer forming a list of 10 things that we are committed to or aiming to be committed to as a church. And so far, we have introduced this series and unpacked our first commitment. Today, we're going to be unpacking our second commitment, which is the authority of the Bible. And we unpack that by saying that we are ruled by God's word in all things. Amen. 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 We are committed to the authority of the Bible. I guess a good place to start with this conversation is what do we mean when we talk about the Bible? What is the Bible? The Bible is the story of redemption, the story of redemption. That okay. unfolds throughout the 66 canonical books that we call Holy Scripture. Boom. There it is. We, we do have a statement, um, our doctrinal statement that we lean on, that uh, we, in, in that statement, summarizes the Scriptures as uh, the Bible that is God's written revelation to man, and that the 66 books of that Bible are given to us by the Holy Spirit. Um, it represents the inspired absolutely inerrant in the original documents, infallible, sufficient, authoritative word of God in all parts. That's what we as a church say we believe about scripture. Um, That it's, as Pastor Chad, you mentioned, we believe that the 66 books that generally we find in uh, in the Bible, now some some people add some other things to that, um, but we see those 66 books as as it that is God's written revelation of Himself and the story of that revelation to Him of Himself to us to humanity, um, and, and I think it's important in our definition we say that it is infallible and sufficient and authoritative. Right? We right, we make that theological declaration. Why would we say that that the Bible is authoritative? Why would we say the Bible has authority? Well, I think the main reason is. Um because of whose word it is, right? You know, if you just take my house, for instance, um, 
there's a certain amount of authority my words have because I'm the head of the house. And, you know, when I say something, I expect, you know, certain things to be done. Um, they're not, that's not always the case, but <laughs> you know, because it's my word, it comes with a certain authority. Mm. Well, this is God's word. And when we talk about God being the creator and, you know, sovereign over all things, his words have ultimate authority like no one else's words do. And, uh, and we believe that, you know, the Bible is God's word to us. And so therefore it has authority like no other word would. Mm. Yeah. So we, um, you know, scripture that is quite often referenced to talk about the, the nature of the Bible being God's own word. And actually, uh, in second Timothy three, verse 16, it says this, that all scripture is breathed out by God right. and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. So when we read that and we say, okay, yes, we, we have in that particular verse, uh, it says all scripture is breathed out. It comes from God. It's through his inspiration. Um, actually, I, I was reading a, a book where it said it's not just inspiration. It's actually expiration. It's God's right. breathing his word um, to us through human authors uh, speaking to us uh, to cause some change in our lives, right? It should have some authority that begins to work. And of course here, um, you know, the apostle Paul says that that's good for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness. Yeah. yeah we talk about the Bible. We're talking about the word of God. Yeah. And as opposed to the word of man. So it's this authority that is not originating with us. And yeah. that is a key distinction. When we talk about the authority of the Bible is that is it is an objective authority that it speaks with yeah. that that transcends our, e our even our interpretation of it per se yeah it, it, it transcends that and first thessalonians two thirteen, it, it says and we also thank god constantly for this that when you received the word of god which you heard from us mm. you accepted it not as the word of men but as what it really is the word of god yeah. which is at work in you believers and so this idea, and, and, and Paul writing that to the, to the church in Thessalonica, pointing out that it was actually your understanding of the authority of God's word that's doing this thing in you. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that your, your spiritual growth is tied directly to your view of the Bible. Mm. Wow. And that's what he's getting yeah, at. Yeah, I think another thing about the authority of God's word that we have to understand and it's sometimes maybe hard for us to understand it in our kind of American context, but you know, um, where there's monarchies and there's a king or whatever, the, the words of the king have authority, mm. right? And you know, when, when he speaks, um, uh, like rules and laws are made. And, yeah. um, and I think in, in that context, you know, as, as we're hearing and hear the word of God, there's an authority behind that, that we will be held accountable to. Right. Um, you know, and, and um, words have authority. They have power. Um, you know, and, mm. and even as, you know, as a father, there's so many things that I can speak um, in an authoritative way, in a powerful way to my kids. You know, the Bible says that the, the power of life and death is in the tongue, right? And so I'm able to speak these authoritative words of life over my kids, you know, mm. through words of encouragement and, and, and like stuff happens when we speak. Um, and, you know, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God, it's living and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of soul and a spirit of joint and of marrow, discerning mm. the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, you know, the word of God is our ultimate source of authority. Yeah. Um, it speaks to us. It directs us, um, you know, and, and we're really just laid bare before it. Yeah. The word of God. Yeah. So these are some of the ways that we think about the Bible when we talk about it. Um, but let's talk for just a minute about how, what are some of the ways that we actually use the Bible um, week to week, year to year in our church? What are some of the, the contexts that we, that we use scripture uh, in the ministries of our church? Well, the most obvious way is through the expositional preaching ministry of the church. So the preaching of the Bible every week. And we'll talk about that. That's one of our core commitments. We'll talk more yep, about next that. time. And uh, so without going into specifics there, that's, that's where uh, the Bible is presented as the centerpiece of mm. the life of the church. Yeah. And so everything should, in a church that is governed by the authority of the Bible, flow out of that. And so that's, that's the first place. But it also, um, how we disciple, um, what we talk about when we gather into small groups, yeah. um, how we disciple our, the children of the church, the, the, you know, whatever it might be, um, it, it, it filters into all those individual areas. So it, it, is, it should be um, the, the, the center, the, the beating heart of the local church, and then it should flow out into every area of the church. Yeah, I mean, when I'm considering the, you know, scripture and how we use it, I think it affects, like Pastor Chad was saying, it affects everything we do. So mm -hmm. in counseling, for instance, you know, um, uh, you know, our method of counseling is biblical counseling. So, for instance, when someone comes in for counseling, um, I'm not looking for some authoritative word that, that I might mm. have to give them. Yeah. Um, what I'm, you know, basing my counsel off of is the strength of God's word. And so it allows me some freedom to um, to speak in a way that I normally wouldn't be able to speak mm. in. It it gives me a position of authority, if you will, um, that I normally wouldn't be able to have. And and you know I'm um, I'm reminded of you know the scripture that that talks about um, being sanctified in the truth, and your word is truth. Yeah. You know, and so I have confidence when I'm counseling someone in their depression and and their anxiety, and I'm telling them, you know be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Um, mm. it, you know, it's the authority of God's word that gives us that foundation to be able to speak to people's hurts, to their, their challenges, their fears, their struggles. And we believe it's because the word of God, you know, it's like that Hebrews passage, it goes in and it judges and it, uh, our heart and it discerns our thoughts and intentions. And it speaks mm. to us in ways that our words would always fall short. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a great point. You know, really, what we're after here is not just having good ideas for people. <laughs> like we could be, you know, just like another self help, you know, content provider if we were trying to come up with best practices for human achievement, right? Mm -hmm. We could we yeah. could probably come up with some principles. We could come up with some habits. Um, we could probably come up with things that might or may or may not help people. Um, but what we're after is not just giving people good ideas, but, but God's ideas, right? What, what did the creator of, yeah. of the world have to say about your hurts, your pains, your gifts, your talents, the good, the blessings in your life? Um, what is, what does he have to say about your sin? What does he have to say about your worship? What is he, what is God saying about, um, how, how we are to live and, and right. who he is telling us about more of, you know, his, his holiness, his attributes. 
those kind of things. And, and Chad, you mentioned small groups earlier. One of the, the cool things we get to do, uh, the ways we approach it at Highview is that we basically uh, take the sermon, the, the, the scripture that's already been unpacked, uh, preached on Sunday morning, and we just try to push it deeper into our hearts and into our lives because we talk, we use this language about proximity, bringing people in closer proximity to God's word. Uh, because as Pastor Josh just quoted, that Jesus himself says or prays to the Father that he would sanctify his people by his truth, which is his word. So we're always trying to bring people in closer proximity to uh, to the truth of Scripture because we believe it has authority over us, because it's directing, guiding, training us, correcting us. Uh, it, it, In some sense, it actually stands against us as much as it stands for us. In both of those ways, we can be helped by it. Yeah, I think one of the really important things as we're reading God's Word is the posture of heart we have before it. Mm. We should come before God's Word seeing that it has the authority right yeah. you know we're not coming and reading it judging it usually when you're reading a book or a textbook or whatever you're reading you're coming as the person with authority and you're judging that book right, right? you're discerning that book but it's that's not what happens when we read the word of god the word of god is judging and discerning us yeah, yeah. you know and it's good um and i think that's so important like one of the things i started doing just the last um few weeks with my son eli he's five um, I, I just found online, there's a lot of great resources, but these 52 Bible verses that kids can memorize. Hmm. And so we're just like a few Bible verses in, and we've got Acts 16:31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so he's memorized that. And then the next one we memorized was Colossians 3:16, which is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And one yeah. of the things I was talking to him about, the reason we memorize Bible verses is because it teaches us how to think. Right. When these things are in our hearts, you know, Psalms yeah. 119, 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like the, when these words dwell in us, it's not just like memorizing a math equation or something, but it, it does something in our heart that strengthens us to, to fight sin, um, to live a godly life. Um, you know, these words are authoritative and they're powerful and they're living and they're mm -hmm. active. Um, so, you know, God's word is is something that's supposed to be just not just something we read, but something that's in us. Right. A Lifeway leadership, not Lifeway leadership. Lifeway research actually did a study not that long ago where they were trying to find the elements that would actually help people. They, they did this study of kids that were raised in church and they talked to them or their parents later. And if they had maintained or re, you know, retained their Christian identity throughout their adulthood, they began to do these different um, studies to find out what, particular elements of their practice of Christianity as kids helped them to sustain faith and sustain uh, fidelity to Jesus. And the number one indicator of someone's prolonged obedience to Jesus was scripture reading, just reading the Bible, yeah. interacting with the truths of God's word was the number one indicator that a, a child would grasp the truths of the faith and, and hold on to, to those beliefs. Yeah. Where you have, a low view of the Bible, you mm. have a rudderless individual or a rudderless church. Mm. There, yeah. you, you know, the thing about tips and advice, it's not, it's not inherently authoritative. Yeah. Nothing, it just depends on who's giving me the tip. Right. I mean, it, it all hinges on that. And so when we appeal, when we don't appeal to the ultimate authority, um, which is God himself and what he's revealed in his word, then we're, we're really eliminating the, 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 
the place from which we do ministry at all. Yeah. And, 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 and for that matter, from, from which we live the Christian life. Right. So yeah. for all these things that we believe about God's word and, and things that we, ways that we aim to, to make use of God's authoritative word in our ministry, I want us to spend the rest of our time just looking at practically what does it really look like for a church or a ministry within a church to be ruled by God's word? What, how, how does practically, how does Highview aim at uh, submitting to the authority of the Bible? Yeah, I mean, I think it means uh, quite simply, first, we have to be a people of the word. We can't be ruled by God's word if, if it's not um, in us. You know, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So to be ruled by it means to be led by it. Yeah. Right. And so if it's going to be a lamp into our feet, we've got to be looking at it. We've got to be beholding it. And and I think that starts on Lord's Day. Mm. You know, we we don't want our Sunday services to be about a topic and then we pepper in scriptures. We want our Sunday service to be about to be about God's word. We come to look at the scripture and in the scriptures to behold Christ. Um, so, you know, that's the first thing that comes to, comes to my mind. If we want to be ruled by God's word, well, then we've got to be a people of the word. And then I think, you know, if, if that's the first step, then, then it kind of naturally, the thing that ensues from that, mm. if you're a people of the word, you, you know, you're led by the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty simply it. I think all of our, <laughs> all of our areas of ministry uh, need to have what that he said approach. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's really well done. Yep. We, um, yeah, we really just want every area of ministry, our kids' ministry, counseling, small groups, student ministry, preaching, worship, all those things, um, like you said, Pastor Josh, need to be centered on getting our people to the Word so they can be people of the Word. Um, Amen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's look at it this way. Not just for a ministry or a church to be ruled by God's Word. What does it look like for each individual Christian? to be ruled by God's word. How is this commitment helpful for the individual? Well, it establishes the ultimate source of authority in your life. Everyone's operating with a some type of paradigm of how author, of authority. Yeah. So your whole life is is structured uh, by authority. The the county you live in, the mm. state you live in, the country you live in, the boss you work for, like Every bit of your life is structured by authority. Mm. And so it's a matter of um, what what is the ultimate authority that informs how you view the rest of those authorities. And so everyone also, whether mm. they consciously or unconsciously, they, they pick an ultimate authority that this is, this is going to be what governs my life. Mm. And, you know, whether that it could be you, it could be you're saying, I'm going to be the authority of my life. Um, and, uh, or, or it could be ultimately and, and should be, we believe the scriptures that there's something objective that's, that, that is, um, outside of our own, uh, influence mm-hmm. in that sense that has been spoken to us. And that is the authority that's going to drive. That's the authority I'm going to submit to above all other authorities. And it's going to influence how I submit to those authorities. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about, just like kind of what we talked about in the first uh, particular um, uh, podcast in this series on gospel centeredness, we talked about what story is driving your life. 
This is asking what authority is driving your life. Like what authority are you submitting to? What authority is coloring your world? And that is what we're talking. So the individual submitted to the word of God looks inherently different how they live than the one who is not. And that's the, that's the Mm -hmm. bottom line. Right. I think an important question to ask yourself is, um, you know, as we're considering how does being ruled by the word of God look in our own lives is you can ask yourself this question is, you know, what do you ultimately appeal to when you're making a decision? Hmm. And, um, when, or if, you know, in the life of a church, if, if we're going to, um, um, you know, have to confront someone with a sin or with, you know, something mm. in their life that, that we are struggling with, what are we using to make that appeal from? It's not a frustration that we have inherently. Like mm. we're appealing to the word of God. This is what the word of God says. This is our standard. This is what we're holding ourselves accountable to. Um, you know, and, and, um, and I think that's uh, that's really what being led by God's word is. This, that's what we're appealing to for our our source of uh, truth. Yeah, that's the standard, right? And I think it's uh, I think we really need to be careful as we are you know Christians living in a world where Christianity is becoming less and less dominant, uh, becoming less and less the the primary worldview of our nation, of our area. Right. Uh, even for us who are, you know, we live in the Bible Belt, right? We are hearing um, just stories of you know, our political situations and all, all these other areas of our lives that are, that are f- growing further and further from biblical wisdom. So, uh, you know, I think when we read a passage like Second Timothy 3.16, where he says that God's word is all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness— I think we need to remember that everything we in, interact with is teaching us, correcting Good us, point. and training yeah. us. Right? right? Anything you read, media that you watch, uh, people you follow on social media—they are training you for something. They're teaching you something. They're correcting your worldviews in some way. And so, if we're going to say we are people of the Word, we need to be careful what authorities we're allowing to speak over us uh, and speak into. Who, yeah. What's our the existence. term now? Um, there's. I mean. Influencers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The concept of influencers. What that's saying is they have authorities. authorities. Yeah. <laughs> they it can really speak is. authoritatively into your life. Right. That's, that's what it's saying. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Which, you know, really makes us, we really need to be on guard as we're living no in doubt. this world, but not of this yeah. world. And who we're listening to. You know, one of the things, too, that is what we're seeing is this moral shift where, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the Bible for a long time in American culture kind of had the, the, the seat of moral, the moral standard yeah. where that's shifting a lot. So yeah. when, you know, when we talk about what we make an appeal to for why we believe what is beautiful and what is, you know, mm-hmm. not beautiful or what is good and what is evil, like um, we're not making those decisions based off of cultural realities. Yeah. Like we're, we're saying that we don't set those standards, but God has set those standards in his word. And, and I think that's so important for us to be able to stand on that as the people of God now more than ever. Amen. And uh, as Paul instructs Timothy there, he says that all of that's true, that the, the Scripture is good for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. And I think that's, that's what everyone's looking for, is that sense of completeness. 
right? They're looking for a sense of, okay, what, what tip do I need? What hack, what life hack is going to make my day better? or going to make me feel more fulfilled or successful. Um, but he says, you know, to Timothy that really you're finding what you need for your completeness and you're being equipped for good work, meaningful work. It's found in God's word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, that's why we're committed to it. We're committed to the authority of the Bible and we're aiming for that to rule everything in our lives. We're ruled completely by God's word. Yeah, we pray this list is ruled by God's word. Amen. Like the the list, I mean, that's one of the, this is the unique thing about this particular one is that it is our conviction that the entire list of core commitments that we're working working Mm -hmm. our way through are all informed and coming from ultimately out of the authority of the Bible. And, uh, and so that's important. Amen. Well, uh, hope that these, uh, these little descriptions are helpful to you, but as promised, we are going to wrap up this episode with another cue the hot take. (laughs) Have you hot take? That was good. Can we just stick with that? We'll, we'll just clip that in. Can we take that? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. That's about to be the brand new, (laughs) <laughs> that's phenomenal good um, job tyler with that i didn't know your voice would do that no okay okay yeah mm. we're gonna give credit where credit was due that was that's our well, that makes sense yeah he's a worship who, leader yeah it's yeah. pastor of worship who is my mic working written. we're gonna do a <laughs> check let's do a hot take on josh's voice <laughs> no today um today is november the 12th when this is being recorded uh but will not be released until uh, a couple weeks after this um, but we're going to do a hot take on something that just dropped today. Yeah. So when you're hearing or this, in the future, <laughs> when you're listening to this episode, it was, this is a week old. Hopefully you still care about it. Anyway. But today we're going to give our hot take on the brand new streaming platform, Disney plus cue applause from all millennials feeling nostalgic, man. There's a lot of good stuff on there. And by good, I don't mean morally good. I mean, <laughs> It feels good to my, my childhood self. <laughs> yeah. Since we're talking about authority. We have no hot. Here's the only thing. We have no hot takes I, on I this. I feel like this is hot takes with Tyler Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited if no one else is. I right, mean. So I woke up this morning and I came downstairs. My wife was unusually excited and I was walking out the door and, and she insisted that before I left, I made sure we had signed up and had an account for Disney Plus so mm. that she could have an enjoyable day today. Wow. Serious question. What, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I really want to know this. What is it about Disney? What is it that Disney, that captivate? And we're talking about, you know, you're talking about millennials. I mean, your wife's a millennial. Mm-hmm. Tyler's, you're a millennial. Yep. <laughs> I think it's I think what? it's fairly simple. I think it's the imagination. It's the mm. you know, it's the um the ability to kind of go outside yourself and to dream and to have wonder and you know all of these things and it it captures it for a lot of people. And and not mm. only does it do it in the um individual way, but it's somehow they've packaged it to be a family event too. So, you know, you, you find yourself, you know, as a dad, um, becoming a child again with your kids kind of, and, it, mm. it, and there's just some, uh, there's some magic to it. Um, you're Are there welcome, any dangers? You're welcome, Beth. Are there any dangers to Disney? No, Disney is completely <laughs> harmless. <laughs> oh, Are man. there any, are there any unbiblical worldview issues that might arise? I'm terrified of Disney. 
Disney is Disney's one of the scariest things that's that's uh, in my home, and I, I I'm always threatening to just like I'm gonna I'm gonna take Disney out of our house. Mm. I'm gonna do it, and and then I sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, a man of conviction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, this is where practically you know if we're gonna be submitting to the authority of the Bible, that's where this discernment comes into play, right? Is um, not necessarily being. Uh, avoidant of culture and avoidant of everything that's in the world. Um, but being able to interact with these things, but I can tell you for me, as I'm looking at the list of what's available, I'm getting excited about the stuff that, you know, I mean, they have, you know, some of the original movies that released when I'm a kid, when I was a kid that haven't been out on DVD. What, in, what would those be? Oh man. Like the original goofy movie. Oh, that's Are you serious. That's on there. Yeah. Oh, we got to wrap up this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of the Hive Podcast is brought to you by Disney Plus. Disney Plus, where dreams come true. Excuse me, that was a typo. Where Satan's dreams come true. <laughs> Literally. Thank you for enjoying this episode of the Hive Podcast. <laughs> is, is the Goofy movie really? <laughs> yeah. What's the Goofy movie? What do you mean? What is the Goofy movie? Josh, that's ridiculous. Oh I don't know what that my is. goodness! That's unacceptable. Is it a movie with Goofy? Yeah, like oh, the Christmas thing. And him his, and his son? son. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I see that every year. Did you see the extremely goofy movie? Not the Christmas. No, it's, it's on Netflix already. It's been no, on Netflix. No, no. See, Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, The Jungle Book, Cinderella, Snow White, Bambi, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, Dumbo. It's all there. It's all there. Frozen. No. Yeah. You're. You're. You're thinking about you're thinking about a uh, extremely, extremely goofy movie. What? Yeah, which was nowhere near as good. The first yeah. goofy movie oh, I've not seen. And what? No, no, no. I'm saying I haven't seen it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I've been seen. It. I saw nowhere. it in the theater. I, the, yeah. yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What year did it come out, Chad? Mm, a goofy movie? Yeah. I'm gonna say '95, something like that. Maybe, maybe '94. Let's check him. 1995. Boom. This is ridiculous. This what is do you ridiculous. know about a goofy movie? Mm. I know everything. the dates. Everything. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that was a good, that's, that's a class. That's a great one. Any other I, I wasn't going to get, I wasn't going to get Disney plus mm. until you told me that a goofy movie was on there. I was not going to do it. What is so great about a goofy movie? What is it about? Goofy and his know. son? Like, right? uh, they go on a road trip. I've seen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go Maybe to I've a concert. I they think. go to the yeah. No, they go to the the rat place. <laughs> you know, it's got the animatronic that. rats. You don't remember that? Uh, oh man. What's his son's name? Sam. <laughs> I don't think oh. it's Sam. No, nope. I don't think it's Sam. Uh, what Max. Max. Maximilian. That's right. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know my Disney stuff. You know your way around a Disney movie. Yeah. I have a question. It's, okay. It's a. I don't know if this is a hot take. But uh, I'm not sure any of this is hot takes, but <laughs> it's just this is hot mics. This is what this is. This is how people get fired and put in jail. Um, the here's a question. Ponder this. Goofy is a dog. No, he's not. He is. He is not a dog. Pluto. It. He's not a dog. Pluto, Pluto is a dog. Pluto's a dog. And Pluto not a dog. acts like a dog. Pluto yeah, is treated like I've, a dog. I've Googled this before. Mm. Goofy is not a dog. What's Goofy? Who's Goofy? He's, What's he's, not, a, he's not an animal. He's, he's, a, 
He's oh, a hold on. anamorphosized. Hold, what do you, how do you? Hold on. Here we go. Goofy is a funny animal cartoon character created in 1932 at Walt Disney Productions. He's not a dog. Goofy is a tall anthropomorphic dog. No, he's not. Who typically wears a turtleneck and vest with pants, shoes, that's, that's white gloves. That's just online. You got you got to go a little bit deeper deeper in the internet to really. That's just on the internet yeah, where everything is. <laughs> you can't trust that. It's Goofy Wait, a dog. Wait, does the Bible say anything about what Goofy <laughs> we, is? We need the authority of God's word on it. <laughs> Josh oh. is questioning the authority of Wikipedia, Ooh. which is mm. which you know it's fair. Okay, here but we go. This is the he's a cow. Goofy no, is a cow. That's no. ridiculous. Now that's a hot take. No, Goofy's not. That's a, a hot take. That's false. Okay, boom. Go, this is it. Goofy has always been thought of as an anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic. dog. <laughs> Or a dog with human features. According to Disney's Mouse Links, which is like the authoritative <laughs> word of Walt, <laughs> the all, A-W-W, however, what the Disney establishment isn't telling you is that Goofy is really a cow. I reject that. This is some apocryphal <laughs> content. I don't accept this it's at not all. canon. Goofy is a cow. Okay, let can me ask get, you this. Can we Google his, it? He's not a dog. Look, I don't listen, accept this. Listen, Joshua. Snopes.com. <laughs> I'm on it right All now. All right, we need to wrap is this Disney up, Disney Goofy character actually a cow? No. Please share and, and You've got if no, you would put no in the workable comments. content here. None. <laughs> this has been the High View Podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversation today about our commitment to biblical authority <laughs> and this ridiculous conversation about goofy uh if you are uh, listening to us regularly and you're enjoying this content please consider giving us a nice rating and review share us with your friends uh, we'd love to help uh help all that we can with this wonderful content that we're producing we'll see you next time <laughs>